With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey, welcome to Throttle House. And wait, no, that's not right. That's not right. This is Everyday Driver Podcast, The Car Debate. I say that because really cool, this week's Throttle House YouTube video, I have a cameo. Yeah, you do. It's it's cars you can buy for under $5,000. Now, by the way, not cars they recommend you buy for under $5,000. It's, it's just a generic It's just a, this is headline. possible. Can you believe this is now this cheap? And so they reached out to me and they said, Todd, you have a $5,000 Volkswagen <laughs> Phaeton. Can we have it in this piece? And I said, of course you can, because let's share the madness. Thanks to those guys for including us in that. And I was just glad to do something. It's very funny. They That's did cool. a great video with it. They yeah. did really cool stuff. Thomas and James, thank you so much. By the way, both of you, you need to acknowledge that it Todd's car is no longer a five thousand dollar car. It started that way. Yeah, the suspension, two batteries, <laughs> the ongoing coolant yes. leak, the oil mm-hmm. changes, tires. Did you do tires? Yes, you did winter tires. Yeah, I did winter tires. Yeah, and uh, that's just the cost of ownership. So mm-hmm. you're at what eleven grand? Uh, just under eleven. Somebody asked okay. me recently about its reliability. They asked me honestly about its reliability, and my description was, <laughs> it feels like it has to be drip fed. Anything's reliable if you throw enough money well, yes, at it, right? But but here, but we were comparing and contrasting. We were talking to our patrons about this. We were comparing yeah. and contrasting your Maserati Quattroporte versus my Volkswagen Phaeton. <laughs> Which is so funny. Every it's time a, we it's say a ridiculous it, we sentence. cackle. It, it's completely absurd. We're about to do a big road trip shoot with them, and so we're kind of all holding our breath here, which is going to be bad. But the thing about the Maserati is you haven't really put any money into it except for tires and oil changes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But everything that could go wrong is like catastrophic level stuff. And it's just being built up into a little pile to be handed off to the lucky next yeah. owner. Meanwhile, the Phaeton doesn't really have anything catastrophic, but every month it kind of taps on my shoulder and goes, excuse me, sir, can I have another? That's so funny. It's, drip, it's being drip fed. That's really what it is. And it's still, it, honestly, oh, I'm man. actually in a weird way looking forward to our road trip because that's where that car shines. Yeah, I, I hope mine shines too. <laughs> AAA is on speed dial on standby. I'm just going to call them in advance and say, I don't have a problem right now, per se. I just want you guys to know just that this is happening. I want you to know who I am, and I've got this car. It's more about the car than anything else, so... Could you just be on standby? We're just gonna have we're gonna have a fleet of t- truckers followed us, just, just tow truck drivers, just just followed us, just maybe, in case. Maybe somebody in a Cessna. They, they they can just travel and just spot us on the freeway. They you know, a, a slow moving airplane. Yeah, you know, going ninety and yeah. just you know flaps out. You know, that's very funny. I like make it, it dirty and <laughs> flying along. Make it dirty. It can go freeway speeds. I love it. That's very funny. If you've got more cars in the garage space, and we suspect you probably do, then you need to protect it with a custom car cover from Covercraft. We recommend the NOAA Custom Car Cover. They're each made to fit your car perfectly, and they resist moisture, but also breathe to eliminate condensation. It has four-layer protection for all weather conditions, and it protects your car from UV rays as well. The NOAA covers even have a soft inner layer, are made entirely in the USA, and come with a four-year warranty. In the worst winds we've seen, the NOAA cover stays put. Todd had one on the Lancer, and it kept the paint pristine in all conditions. I wore one out after nine years of daily use on my Audi Avant, and people always asked how I kept it so nice. Plus, you can defend your interior against kids and dogs and spills and any weekend adventure you might have in the mud and snow with custom seat covers from Covercraft. You can have the nicest car all winter long with help from our friends at Covercraft. And you can get 10% off your custom car cover and any Covercraft product by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com. And it even ships for free. 
Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com to keep your car looking its best. We have a, uh, a podcast oh, yeah. milestone coming at us. Next Unbelievable. Friday. Next Friday is podcast. Not this Friday. Hi. Happy Friday, by the way. One week from now, podcast number 500. That is a lot of you and I talking, my friend. It's settling in on me more and more that we're approaching 500 because we started this in the middle of the year, right around July 4th. Uh, it was in late, 2014. late. We recorded in July, but we didn't release until the end of oh, July. Oh, that's true. We recorded yeah. like four episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking back, man, every time Todd and I get together and record the podcast, mm-hmm. I'll admit sometimes it can, you know, we're coming in and depending on the kind of day we're ha- having or yeah, whatever's yeah, yeah. going on in our life right now, we're thinking, all right, we got a podcast and we have so much fun. We do. And Absolutely. we end yeah. the podcast yeah, yeah. energetic. Mm-hmm. We're both going, that's fun every yeah. time. Absolutely. It is. And yeah. it, it's you guys that make it fun. So totally. Totally. thinking back, 500 episodes is a huge mm-hmm. milestone. Mm-hmm. As I'm amazed. I'm excited to do that. It's going to be a live stream. By the way, a, a random schedule change for that Friday. We always release on Tuesdays and Fridays for this podcast. That means when you wake up in the morning on Tuesdays and Fridays, you get ready to commute, you can download the podcast. Not next Friday. Yes. We are going to do yes. a live stream with as many of you as can join us at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific next Friday. That will be the live stream on YouTube. And once that live stream is over, it will then turn into an audio file and we will post it on all the podcast places. So if you're looking for it next Friday, it will not be out until next Friday night. Right. We would right. love to have you join us for the live stream on YouTube. We'll be taking almost entirely questions of all kinds. Cars, <laughs> non-cars. Yikes! We may do some retrospective stuff. In fact, while I'm thinking about Yikes. it, here's an idea for all of you listening. Many of you have not only listened to, I can't believe I'm saying this, all 500 episodes, but have sometimes, some of you have listened more than once. If you have a favorite, I'd like to know the number. I'd like to know your favorite episodes and why. Send us an email at everydaydrivertv oh, at gmail. I would love to hear your audience impressions of favorite episodes and why, and we will share those with everybody. So you want to send us that email, TV at gmail, your favorite podcast episodes, please, episode number and why. I'd love to just hear that from you guys. It'd be cool. That is cool. Well, the very next day, Saturday, May 2, 2020, we are premiering Everyday Driver Season 2, so TV Season 2, Episode 4, called Rivalry, which is the Mustang GT350. You mean tomorrow. And the yeah. Camaro ZL1, yes. Yes. So the very next day, yes, tomorrow. So premiering at 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and what YouTube does is in this premiere, mm-hmm. the live chat appears, and Todd and I will be on because we did this actually last week mm-hmm. yeah, and cool. really enjoyed it because as people were watching, making comments, and we could kind of explain, hey, here, here was our headspace or totally, totally, you know, yeah. whatever we were thinking at that moment in time at very high speeds. And, yes. um, so Mu- we'll be on. Much so, yes, please join speeds. us for that. Yeah, it's going to be and very fun. then the same day tomorrow mm-hmm. – the first episode of Haggerty Live airs at 4 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. This is haggerty.com slash live. And this is racing experts Patrick Lon, Long, John Hindoff, and Jack Roush Jr. in its three-way discussion on the move that everybody is doing about simulation, racing simulation, yeah. and the, the direction that the racing community has gone with mm-hmm. that. So catch that, haggerty.com slash live. So... 12 p.m. Eastern, premiere for Everyday Driver, <laughs> the rivalry, 4 and then just wait a few hours, yep, for have sure. some lunch, take a shower, start your Saturday, <laughs> and get around a little later in the day. 
I think the little man is going to insist we go on a bike ride between the two. He's going to be like, Dad, stop sitting in front of the computer because I do that all week. So we're going to get out for a little bit. But it's going to be very cool. Those are some heavy hitters to talk about this. Okay, we're all quarantined. Let's do iRacing. And I have – sorry, quick tangent. And I know they're going to cover this kind of stuff because I am not a race driver nor commentator. But quick thought I'm having on this though. I'm kind of surprised that a lot of series have – and I I know this sounds weird – have allowed their racers – to do online racing. Them practicing mm-hmm. in the privacy of their own home, different thing. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, and, and we've seen it happen. In, if in public, essentially. Exactly. If you're a, a NASCAR driver or an Indy driver or a Formula One driver, you'd think you'll sit down in the simulator and you'll kill everybody. But there are guys that spend so much simulator time, they will always be better in the simulator. You couldn't necessarily put those guys in a real car, and it works the other way. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys are professional race drivers don't do well in the simulator, but the perception of it, the PR of it, yeah. if your yeah. driver you pay who knows how many seven figures to oh, gets yeah. on the simulator and gets beat by some 13-year-old kid in mom's basement, what does that say PR-wise? I'm very yeah. surprised it's happening, to be honest. You know, interesting. I've caught a few of the Formula One esports races so yeah, yeah. far, and Charles Leclerc is becoming more and more impressive. I mean, I knew the guy was fast, He's awesome. and I like him. He's just really dominating. But it is interesting. After, I'd say, halfway, you know, maybe a third into the race, you can tell the guys who have raced before and the pro drivers starting to use their techniques. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. start to tell that, and they start a, you know, diving later in the corner, knowing when to break, you know, how hard sure, you can break, sure. those kind of things. They are starting to move up in the rankings. So you can see, all right, the, the pro drivers start to bubble up to the top, and then, okay. you know, the celebrity drivers are like, you know, mid to low sure, pack. Sure, and sure, then, yeah. you know, the guy who's like, I just can't believe I'm here is dead last, you know. <laughs> That'd would be, be me. That'd be me for sure, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, pretty interesting. I, I'd love to discuss that, as a matter of fact, but uh, maybe I'm, we can. I'm quite intrigued we'll to see that. that it's happening. I, I think that live discussion at Haggerty is going to be quite interesting because I think they'll cover some of that stuff as well. Yep. Massive thanks to our Season 6 sponsors. Covercraft is the presenting sponsor for Season 6, and you can use the code every day to get 10% off your order, by the way. Mm-hmm. Same with griotsgarage.com. Yep. Actually, I checked. I said griotsgarage.com, which actually just redirects right mm-hmm. to griotsgarage.com. And so you go to Go right there. They have actually bumped everything up. Yes, thank you. Now to 15% off all liquids and yep. 10% off everything else using the code That's every pretty day. cool. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Still the everyday code, but now more of a discount through Griots, who is very excited about all of us staying in our houses and going out to the garage and doing garage products. Yes. Because they have products for your garage. Oh, do they ever. So that's very exciting. Then, uh, in fact, yes. we're working on it, but during the 500th podcast, we have a giveaway coming from Griots. Yes. So that's something else happening as well on, on a week from now, podcast yep. 500. And then, of course, uh, Haggerty as well. So Amazon Prime, you can catch all the seasons. We're jumping in to a couple of debates here, though. Mm-hmm. First debate is from Frank and Beth M. in Atlanta-ish. Atlanta-ish. We can see Atlanta from here, yes. They are actually discovering racing. And behold, Beth likes racing. That's the funny part. Is that It sounds like Frank took her to a, a local racetrack uh, for the heck of it. She, he kind of convinced her, let's go. We're going to go to an SCC autocross competition and there's a big parking lot at the track. And while they're there, Beth got some ride-alongs. Mm-hmm. And Beth decided, I love this. <laughs> By the way, hi, Beth. Hi, Frank. So she now has got the bug. So Frank is a little stunned, to be honest. He's done track days. He's done autocrossing. But now his wife is like, let's do this. So he's really excited that she's so excited. But he's realizing autocross isn't my first choice. Tracking is my first choice. But now my wife is saying to me, let's, as in us as a couple, 
get a race car. So Frank has quickly run to us. This is fantastic news. <laughs> Frank, I was thinking about your email. And before we go further, I'm just wondering, will there need to be some sort of trade-off? Because the magic words from, you know, any car enthusiast and his wife says to him, <laughs> I like racing. I mean, though you're, you're hopefully you're sitting down yeah, when I think she we says those buy words. A race car. Yeah. But it, conversely, is there going to be some new thing? I mean, well, you have to learn Italian. So when you take her out to dinner at a really nice restaurant, you can just, <laughs> you know, speak Italian to her and order for everybody in Italian and she'll you're, just love you. For you're saying what's the thing? The romance to, language. I love it. What right. does he have to be all about all of a sudden and surprise her with? It? She's right. like, now we need to do more of that. That's what is good. the new skill you need to learn, Frank? <laughs> Or the, whatever that is. I, that I'm is just funny. asking, like is there it. some sort of trade-off that we don't know about? Or is it just, without reservation, <laughs> Beth is into racing? I like it. I like it. It's very funny. I'm asking. Now, Frank hates being common. What yeah. he means is, no Miatas. Well, he says maybe Miatas. But let's eliminate everything else first. Can we? Yeah, he, he knows that uh, we're all saying it. Because here's the trick. Here's the trick that puts us there. $8,000. And it's ready to go. That's what they're putting in. Now, it doesn't have to. It can be, needs to be street legal in case they need to drive it and not trailer it. But it doesn't have to be a car that does anything but be used for event days. So I mean, this is a good thing. special car. This is a race car. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. he'd really like it to not be a Miata. But with $8,000 to spend, all of us, I can hear you as a collective listening to the podcast, you're going, <laughs> we'll just get a Miata. We'll go to the second half of the podcast. He doesn't <laughs> right. want a Miata. Flip. That's the trick. Right. All right. So the goal is that the car needs to fit in the downstairs shop, which has fit his Camaro, but just barely. Okay. He'd like it to be light, so less power is less of a problem, ideally. Fully set up, ready to go tracking for eight grand all in. Okay. The most mechanical work is in his wheelhouse, he says. He can pull, disassemble, build engines. Both of them, both Frank and Beth, can probably fit in just about anything, mm -hmm. and he'd like enough power so he doesn't feel completely left out on a road course. <laughs> okay. He's got four great tracks within a few hours of them, including Road Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says high mileage doesn't immediately scare him. Okay. So initial thoughts. He gives a list, a litany of cars. Mm -hmm. They're the usual suspects plus yeah. some. Yeah. He includes front-wheel drive. He says closest to her GTI, best GTI, but, you know, least like his Z28. Mm -hmm. He has a PT Cruiser GT on the list. I love that. And I love. I, then he tells why. He says, "I know, but it's essentially an SR, SRT4. Remember those? It's the SRT4 in an ugly body." And he realizes he won't feel bad about anything that happens to that car. It'll just. It has the mechanicals, but it's so ugly and unappealing. Otherwise, if it gets dinged or wrecked or gutted, he just. I don't care. Do you I see the, the logic? Do I you do. remember the car version of Stonehenge? It was it, with Cadillacs. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Where is that? I, Texas? I just. Is it Texas? I'm pretty sure it's Texas. I'll look it up. But Can I'm we do sure that with the PT Cruisers and we create art and we crash them and then, you know, we spray paint them white and then art. Can we make <laughs> new installations? <laughs> he also says an older gen GTI, maybe a fourth generation. And then in the rear wheel drive category, something closer to the Camaro Z28, but, you know, smaller, less powerful. He's got the Saturn Sky and Pontiac Solstice on his list. Todd, I like that you've brought those up mm -hmm. for specific reasons. Not good for everybody as they're older cars, but they still have good driving dynamics. And he's got those on the list. And he says, hey, it's not a Miata. He's never seen any of these at the track, although we do know uh, Nate, who does the cycle report for us, his friend actually tracked ben, the Solstice. Yeah. Ben, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have two, by the way. There is a official car hinge made to look like Stonehenge, where the cars are painted gray and it is in the circle and all that kind of thing. That is in Nebraska. 
Nebraska. But the one you and I are thinking is Cadillac Ranch in Amarillo with the tail fends of the caddy sticking up out of the dirt. That's it. That's what we're thinking of. That's so what there I'm thinking you go. of. Yeah, anyway. But onward. see, with the Cadillacs, it looks cool. With the PT Cruiser, it's not going to look cool at all. It's, it's going to be like, why do you have a rusting bubble from FCA <laughs> sitting in the middle of the earth? You guys, like, just, is this the PT Cruiser dumping ground? or? Oh, they go here. Oh, they go right there. Unless oh, good. we drop them out of airplanes and we play you know, target practice with them or something. See how far we can get them into the earth because we dropped them so far? Yeah. Wow, we're on a tangent, but we're having fun. All right, so the Toyota MR2 is on the list and the Pontiac Fiero. Neither okay. of them have ever had something like this car. So cheap mid-engine is what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, like that. C4 Corvette's on the list, not like your GTI, more like the Camaro. He says he can abuse it, not feel bad. Mm-hmm. And so he says this is a cinch to work on. Yeah, I mean, come on. Small block Chevy engine. He knows he can work on that. He's not the least bit worried about it. He does say yes before I can say it. He says, I'd love the 86 chassis. The FRS or the BRZ would love it. But $8,000 doesn't really get that done yet. Unless, I will say this, this is just dawning on me, you can buy the salvage ones for that. I guess that's not I didn't think about that until this minute. For this usage, you could go salvage title. That's not a bad idea. I did, uh, honestly, as I'm reading this again, it don't huh. that don't just now dawned on me. I worked for all of you that hate the fact that I bring up every podcast. I just worked out a way for it to be recommended again. Yay! <laughs> it wasn't what I was going for, but my point is the only way you get in this Talked price your range. Way there, though. Yeah, the only way you can get in this price range is it's got to be a salvage title, which I mm. would never recommend except for a case like this when it's maybe. Mm. Interesting. That's, a, that's an interesting thought. Have we found a new use for salvage titles? Yeah, they should all be lemons and track cars. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. All right. So the Z3 and the Z4, the older gen, mm-hmm. it's essentially the BMW Miata, he says. Yes. It is, yeah. And finally came in on Boxsters. Yes, they're probably pieces of junk in this price. Pieces of junk? How dare you? Well, you're well, right. But, but, but yeah. I will say this, though, Frank. Honestly, Cayman and Boxster is on my list because we actually drove one in our affordable sports cars episode in season four, if I'm not mistaken. And we had a first gen Boxster that was had been bought at auction, no less, like good, like a nice auction for nine grand. And the mm. guy had just maintained it and it ran really well. If you got a base one, you could get it for your price. It will need stuff, but it's pl- planning to be a track car. It's going to need stuff anyway. True. So I don't True. think that's out, but I did go other places too. Mm. You know, I got to thinking about a BART 500s. Front wheel drive. Okay. You can get them automatic or manual because Frank says that Beth is going to be an easier sell if it's not a manual, mm-hmm. which kind of screws my choices. But I am going to sell <laughs> okay. the the learning of the manual. And by the way, Frank, remember my comment. If she learns how to drive a stick for the race car, you're going to have to learn to cook or speak Something. French Something. or Italian yeah. Yeah, yeah. or some new skill, yep. and Frank, yep. he'll be like, I took a master class, and now I can do, I can play the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play the banjo while she does autocross. We're not sure how it works, but it works for us. Something yeah. that you've got a new skill under your belt. You can have a hoe down and you know play the banjo, and this is Yikes. your new skill. Okay, yeah. I thought about the Fiat 500 Abarth. Okay. Just fun, usable, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. beat on them. They're new enough where parts are available, because I think I love... The solstice and the sky. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm just wondering about future parts availability and if you want to upgrade. But theoretically, all you're going to be doing is just changing the oil and wheels and tires or just tires at that point. So, okay. I, I like it for that. I like the Toyota MR2. I don't see on here that you are both used to the mid-engine feel. And I want to make sure that's something that you like before you take the plunge mm-hmm. as far as the rotation of the car and if that's you know something you want because mm-hmm. you know they're 
They can get unfriendly at the limit. Yes, that is what they're known for. Yes. I mean, any car can. It's, yeah. You know, yeah, Captain yeah. Obvious kind of thing, right? But I think more so than your traditional front engine rear wheel drive car that you can kind of correct and, you know, you throw it in the slide. You do the wrong thing in a mid engine car and you forget to leave your foot planted on the throttle through the corner, gets unfriendly. Well, the thing is that what they do, what where most of us are trained for as drivers, subconsciously in many cases, is to have the engine up front. Mm-hmm. And so the dynamics of what that does when it goes wrong is kind of subconsciously hardwired. If you drive a mid-engine car or a rear-engine car, it isn't that way, and you have to learn those dynamics. There's nothing wrong with that, and I think you'd enjoy an MR2 on an autocross course like crazy. You just have to train yourselves for it, which could be crazy fun, actually. Yeah. Love the C4 Corvette. Love that idea. I figured you would, yeah. Bring that automatic, stick, whatever. But then let's get into some interesting choices okay. where you're going to have to learn a skill. Again, All right. master class, you're going to have to listen to a TED Talk or something and get good <laughs> at something else, Frank. <laughs> Is the TED Talk the do I stayed at the Holiday Inn commercial? I just listened to a TED Talk, and now I know all about that. Totally. 15 minutes, and I'm good. Yeah. Whatever that is, Beth gets to pick the subject. <laughs> Yikes. Brace okay. yourself. Factory 5, once again to the rescue, the 818. Mm. Let's go trolling on the forums and okay. see if we can find one for eight grand that somebody wants to get rid of. Interesting point. They might be closer to 10. They probably are, but you're right. At 10, you do have options in that. People have already bought one, already built one. It is in stage of blank. In some cases, yes. they're ready to go. It's like, buy, buy this and my extra engine, and it's twelve grand, which is amazing. The parts yeah. is where I'm going with that. Yeah, the yeah. extra parts. Many times people have extra brakes or mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. just rotors or sometimes extra engines or you know, whatever that is because they usually built mm. it and they just have leftover stuff and they're either getting out of it completely or they're upgrading to something different. Mm-hmm. You know, this is moving on. All the associated parts have to go with this car. I want to get it out of here. Ask in 10 or best offer. Sure. That could be yeah, a yeah, sweet yeah. spot I see where between you're going. eight and yeah, 10. Yeah. And they're set up as a track track car. That's their purpose. Yeah. They're lightweight, but obviously depends on, you know, the transmission and learning a manual transmission with that. Mm-hmm. But the benefits to learning a manual transmission are that new life skill, Beth, that you will come away with. True. And just the pleasure of the interaction Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. self-satisfaction that you get when you do it right. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of ways to do it wrong. Yeah. Especially if you let the clutch out too soon and you over rev the car, then, you know, you let the clutch out and it locks up the rear wheels and you... Don't do that. You know, there's all kinds of things to learn. Mm -hmm. But the satisfaction of the mechanical interaction is why we love racing. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. I love PDK. I love the high mm-hmm. end. But when you're shifting yourself, there's so much satisfaction, which leads me to a first generation SCCA spec racer Ford. Ooh, it's I manual. did not expect you to go there. 135 horsepower, maybe 140. Yeah. yeah. First gen and the first gens, the chassis is 30 years old. Mm-hmm. But at this point, if you don't race in the SCCA series and you just have this as your race car, you can do road courses with this. They're specifically yeah. designed for road courses true, true, true. in SCCA races. Yeah, so you okay. could work on the engine. They are sealed per SCCA rules mm-hmm. because of the level playing field yeah, yeah, yeah. that SCCA mandates. But Todd and I actually just shot an episode mm-hmm. Part With of season these seven. two cars, it's part of season seven, yeah. and we took the SCCA licensing course mm-hmm. at Thunder Hill in California yeah. and learned all about these cars, 
And a neighbor of ours, actually a fan of the show, has mm-hmm. just purchased a Gen 3. So we yes. paid a little bit more. But yes. essentially, all you're getting is a power upgrade. They've Refinements, yeah. They've actually turned the engine around mm-hmm. in the third generation because of the way the exhaust exits the engine. So okay. yeah. little refinements here and there, power upgrade, that kind of thing. But Todd and I also drove the white car, which is a Gen 1. Uh, oh, that was Gen, a Gen, it was Gen 2. Gen 2, but still, keep going. Still, kind of close. Yeah. But the Gen 1s, Gen 2s, you might be able to get for eight to $10,000. Interesting point. I do see that. And it is a real race car. Now, it, you couldn't you drive the it power down. to the track. You couldn't. You couldn't drive it to the track because they are a full-on center seat race car. They Watch are. our YouTube piece on it. But at the same time, light, easy to work on. I see where you're going. I, I'd be fascinated to see what one of those would do in an autocross. I think it'd tear it up. I think you might be right. Don't I mean, yeah. what are the rules on entering yeah, yeah. a spec racer Ford in autocross? Well, you're not going to be in an official class, but who cares? If you wipe the field, you wipe the field. That could be fun. That could be fun, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And Frank and Beth... There are many couples that have fallen into spec racer Ford racing yes. because the entire yes, yes. series was designed for low cost, level the playing field kind of racing. All the engines make the same horsepower. The chassis are the same. The yeah, tires yeah, yeah. are the same. They're yeah, made yeah. by Hoosier tires. They say SRF on the tire. That's true. So it's a level playing field and it does come down to your driving skill. Mm-hmm. They are manual transmission, but man, are yeah. they fun. They're great. And they act like a real race car. Mm. I'm asking the question. Interesting. Instead of a road car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if you investigated SCCA? And they're tiny. They're smaller than a Miata. They so are. So you could put it anywhere. I, I do see this. You want to go unique, Frank. This gets – I had not gone there. That's interesting. Okay, all it right. Just, it hit me because yeah, yeah. our friend Greg, who is yeah, local yeah. and yeah, bought yeah. his Gen 3 mm-hmm. – and he's not buying it, planning to race in SCCA. He just wanted a cool track car. So when we do track days out here and he takes it around, he just wants a cool track car to have fun and get better in. You know what I think the unspoken thing is with Greg? He hasn't said it yet, but I really think he wants the show to buy one so he has somebody to race. Uh, I really, really think he wants maybe us we to need buy to a then. track car. Yeah, uh-huh. Maybe we need to. Anyway, that's he funny. bought a Gen 3, which is not show money. But anyway, yeah, but uh, that's a good idea. I like it. What do you think? I didn't expect you to go there. Okay, I mean, I see where it's going to be way down on power and compared to Porsches and BMWs and all the Who fast cares? stuff on track, especially the high-speed road Atlanta parts. Yes. yes. But other tracks that are twisty – you might be able to eat somebody's lunch. Well, you, you'll you'll beat on anybody in a corner. Anybody. doesn't matter yeah. what they brought. It's a very interesting. And if you're going to go dedicated, I see where you are. I actually think, and I'm off on the weeds a little bit here, but I actually think that even though it's not road legal, I think if you're going for pure track car guys, you do better in the SRF than you do in the 818. Don't you think? Now, the 818 is, is road legal, which is the trade-off there. I, I did not expect where you went. I, I did just, not go anywhere like that. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Okay, cool. It's, it's a right. wild, it's a super duper wild mm-hmm. card kind of a thing. But let's go beyond just road cars. Yeah, let's I see where you're going. Go specialty. But the cool thing is they're so inexpensive. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Frank and Beth, I stayed more road legal cars and I stayed with your list. I kind of wanted to unpack your list for a minute real quickly because you have covered, obviously you've thought about this, Frank. You have covered the obvious choices. Again, I just stumbled onto the fact you could maybe get a salvage title 86 chassis. That would be a good option here if you Mm -hmm. want to add that to it. Obviously, you buy a salvage title car. It's got some question marks, period. It won't have resale, but you're going to make a track car. Resale is irrelevant anyway. So it's a possibility. Sure. And I'll even open it up beyond that. Are there things, other things than the 86 that you considered too expensive, but in salvage you could afford them? I, I think you might be the candidate for what I will call the salvage track car. I think that might work. So salvage track car.com. Yeah, yeah. Surely it exists. 
Probably. It's just a website full of PT Cruiser GTs stuck in the dirt, right? (laughs) There you go. Perfect. So let me talk about the solstice real quick, the solstice and the sky. I think this is a great idea. I really like it. They've got good dynamics. The parts are there. The difficulty that this guy, Ben, in Chicago, friend of Nate's, had with his car is they were a – and I mean at the time this was a good thing. They were a GM parts bin car. Right, Meaning the brakes and the engine and these engine mounts and this component, it's coming from places all over the GM catalog. Sure. So the difficulty of those cars is what rabbit trail do I have to chase to replace this part? Because it's not just the solstice part. And if I want to upgrade it, then you are in the GM catalog. And now there's really good forums. The information is out there. Ben had a great time with his. It was a fast, fun track car. Yeah, I remember he it liked it. It is his. a different, great choice. I don't have anything to say that's wrong with that choice. I do think the Miata is better dialed in. But I'll fix yeah. your Miata problem right here. Uh-oh. If you're going to spend $8,000, you know what you could do? They're not common because they range from about six, dollars $7,000 to about $15,000. But you could get a NB, second-generation, Mazda Speed Miata. Some of them are down to your budget now. That was the very exclusive turboed version. So while you have a Miata, you solve your, I don't want to be underpowered on the big track because it's got a turbo. And you also are not in a Miata everybody else brought. Everybody else brought an NA or a naturally aspirated True. NB. You're there with the specialty Mazda Speed MX-5. And the ones that are selling for your budget have got a ton of miles. So they're not the pristine ones that somebody's, you took one of those and made it a full track car? Who cares? So Mazda Speed MX-5 could get this done and get you far enough away from the concerns you have with Miata. I do think that's possible. Now, <laughs> stepping away from Miata, <laughs> Boxster Base I already talked about. If you're a guy, you already said it, you're a guy that can work on things, that makes you guys great candidates for a Porsche 944, non-turbo. Oh, that's good. That's good. One of the best balanced, simplest Every input is correct cars ever made. They are cheap. And the problem with them, if you want to have a problem with them, is I got to get parts that needs to be worked on. You can do that. True. But some of them are already set up for what they want to have. And some of them are already set up for tracking. You're absolutely right. I think a 944, I, I personally think that the 944 is more interesting here than the Boxster. I agree with that, actually. So I like that. 944. And then the last one I want to, want to say is yes. MR2s would be cool. I think the Fiero would be more of a laugh than it would be a good choice in the long run. <laughs> MR2s would be cool. People are like, hey, cool car. Really? But you'd go to the last MR2 and get the Spider. Now you are driving the Alt Miata, the non-Miata, hmm. but it's still mid-engine. Those were fun. They were they were genuinely fun to drive. There was a place and a time in Los Angeles where I almost bought one. I was, I was test driving lots of them. Really? They were really cool. Was this now before or after the 300? It was, it was on the tail end of living in L.A. when I still had the 300. I was wondering if I should make a change. Really? Exactly. Thinking about going something small. And no I wanted kidding. a lease and couldn't afford it a lease. Yeah. But I could afford MR2 Spiders all day long. And I thought, should I? And so I drove a bunch of them. And they're very cool. Now, your local autocross, your local track, you need to figure out what are your requirements for roll cage, et cetera, for, to have those be track legal. That's mm-hmm. something only you can answer. But the MR2 Spider is the alt. If you want, And honestly, if you look at photos side by side, the MR2 Spider. And the Boxster of the first gen, they're they're like two sides of the same coin. They look quite similar in a lot that of That 986 ways. you're talking, yeah. Boxster? Yeah, yeah, the first gen Boxster. They're small. They're they small. look quite similar. It's even smaller. It looks. It does look like what it is, the cheaper alt to that gen Boxster. MR2 Spider could be great. 
Unless, of course, it's a Fiero with a V8, and then, you know. Yeah, and that, cool. then you get your small block uh, Chevy out of it. That would work, Frank. Exactly. Well, guys, thank you so much for your questions. Frank and Beth, really, keep us posted. We've given you a variety of ideas. I love yours. So keep us posted. You've got some choices to make. Not necessarily driving, but I suppose you've got some driving to do. But it's a little bit harder to go test drive race cars to really find the one you want. <laughs> so obviously, it's an investment, and uh, you're going for it. But uh, hopefully, that's helpful. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com is the website. Sorry, email address. Yes. To email us your Topic Tuesday, your car debates, mm-hmm. and your car conclusions. EverydayDriver.com is the website where yep. you can also contact us on the There's a great the contact, contact form, form there. there. Plus, you can see not only all the really great writing that's been dropping, but you can get connections to not only, obviously, you found this podcast, but you can send this podcast to others that way. You can find the films. You can find the store with all of the crazy T-shirts that we wear and make. And you can get your way to Amazon or Vimeo if you want to watch the TV show. All of that is on there from the website. It's how we use it. It's just a hub for you. Found us. Now, where do you want to get to? That's why it's there. Whenever Todd and I are searching for cars, we always start with Auto Tempest. To find the best cars for any budget, you know it's important to cast a wide net and check all the places they might be listed. Now, we used to have to search all different car sites separately, but with Auto Tempest, you can search them all in one place. With Auto Tempest, you can enter your search results one time and see all the results from all the top car sites at once, plus a bunch of smaller ones you probably didn't think to check. Auto Tempest will help you find your next car, wherever it's hiding. With all the listings in one place, it's a great way to shop around and compare what's out there. So if you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or you're just looking to feed the disease like we always are, head to autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. Andrew M. writes to us. He's a freshman in college. Mm -hmm. He and his dad have been followers of the YouTube channel since he was a sophomore. Thank you, guys. That's really cool. Through a weird chain of events, he's been talking to our cycle report, Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. About his 86, some light tuning, some filming process. He says some other stuff as well. And he says he just recommended writing into the show and writing to you and I. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Pretty awesome. He started binging about four days ago. He said he's up to episode 101. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And uh, he's got a background here because right now he's finishing all his classes online mm-hmm. and he's home, you know, longer now. And his Much dad earlier is, than he expected to be. Yeah. Well, yes. He has moved home. Yeah. His dad has started the car hunt early for a third car, which is going to be a replacement to their beloved 2008 Honda Odyssey. <laughs> okay. How can an Odyssey be beloved? Because it, it's the family road trip. We had history. <laughs> this car has been through it with us. That's why. It's not because of the dynamics or anything like that. It's the, it's the <laughs> thing that has survived the family atrocities. It's in every photo that you took with every because road trip. Because we've with, been everywhere yeah. in this, and it survived. And you remember when we did this, and that dent is from this. That's why it's beloved. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, one of the other cars is a 2015 Toyota Highlander. With most of the boxes checked, mm-hmm. and he says decent miles, and that's his mom's commute car to work, and in a pinch, a dog hauler to the dog park. Okay. Because Andrew will be gone to college for three more years, mm-hmm. the car will mainly be for his dad, not as often as for his mom. Mm-hmm. And his dad's preferences include his old 80s Celica, he doesn't know the year, and he's been forever bruised for having to give up his first generation Mazda RX-7. Which was tiny. Those are we, tiny. we have a fast blast of that. We drove a great one here locally. They are tiny little cars, but they are so, so nice. Yeah. This was a good example that we drove, too. 
Last car was a 2004 Audi A6 Quattro that they had to trade in for the Highlander, mm-hmm. and he prefers a car with a little sloth in the steering and a little road noise. I've never. I may try using that. Can I use that in a review, Andrew? Can I just? Can I work? <laughs> this has sloth in the steering. I've never heard that before. Does this mean a slow steering ratio? Is that what it means? Because sloth are slow to move, and they're just it's deliberately the, going for it's the, the combination. Next thing. It's the combination. Of, this is how I translate it. It's the combination of slow response. Off center, you know, you can move a wheel yeah. a little bit. You, the freeway—it's the difference between. I'll go to the extremes. It's between driving the Volkswagen Phaeton at eighty miles an hour on the freeway and driving the Lotus Elise at eighty miles an hour on the freeway. The Phaeton has some sloth. Okay, <laughs> it, and even though it's surprisingly good to drive, huh. you can hit a curve, you can hit a, a pothole, you can hit uh, something that would normally tramline the Elise. You know, some a, a crease in the pavement that would pull the Elise, and the Phaeton doesn't care. Mm, yeah, no. The Elise no. is asking you to pay attention because it cares very much. And then when you dive for a corner, it's immediate, right off the center line of the steering wheel. It's already turning. Whereas the Phaeton, you've got that little bit of wiggle, which is, is most big rear wheel drive sedans in history. They have that little bit of delay. I'm going to go with sloth delay between you started to turn the wheel and the car actually goes, oh, you're, oh, we are turning. Yeah, got some that's sloth. What, I don't think Dad wants jittery steering or those cars that tramline on the freeway. I think that would drive him nuts. Yeah, there's a bit of isolation involved in, in the sloth-like yeah, yeah, sure. system. Yep. And that is an official engineering term now. <laughs> could, could we dial in just a little more sloth? Is that a knob on the instrument panel? It, it should be. It, it, in cars that include sloth, it just have a sloth knob. And we can just and, and we'll make it universal. It'll just have a picture of a sloth on it. Andrew, what you don't know is Todd's wife has this real thing against sloths that she does. If I if I keep talking about it, I'll get bashed later. So I'm I'm not. The rest of the world, she has this thing against them, which is hilarious. The rest of the world finds them adorable. My wife thinks they are stealth ninjas waiting to kill us all. <laughs> I I can't explain it to you. My son has had so much fun with this discussion. I can't even tell you all of the sloth things in the movie Zootopia. She has such a love-hate relationship with those parts of the film, and my son will watch them over and over and over because it makes us laugh. So dang funny. Anyway, yes. So the hard spending limit is $9,000. It must do the following things. It'll need to take the dog in the back. No putting the dog into the seat. Maintenance will not consume Andrew's dad's free time or his wallet. Okay. They both do light do-it-yourself repairs. It has to have a fun factor. I like it. this RX-7. Like it. Yeah, Remember yeah. that? If all things align with his mom, a six-speed manual. Automatic as a backup. Okay? But ideally, we're going manual. Yeah, yeah. Ideally manual. Something that Andrew could drive to a part-time job or summer school where he won't think he'll kill himself because he plays too many racing games. Well, he, he is. His dad doesn't think he'll kill himself. Yes, his dad. Right. Where, where his dad could hand the keys to Andrew and be like, you'll be fine. Right. Okay. There's right. there's no there's no hidden Corvettes on this list. Okay. Because you know we're all going to die. So the, this is well, the concern. I, well, okay. You have one on your <clears> list. <throat> I may have one on mine. We'll see. But but see. we need to have Dad feel like I haven't given you more car than you can handle. But that's the other twist, though, is that Andrew doesn't want this to be a thing where when he inherits inherits it because that's where this is headed. Yeah. It's headed to a car that will become Andrew's. He doesn't want his dad to get something now that Andrew just sees it coming down through his life like, I'm going to inherit that car and I just yes. don't like it enough. So hopefully we can solve dad's sloth needs and Andrew's driving needs in one car for nine grand. I, I think I can. Did you? I do have a Corvette on my list, but I'll get there. Okay, but the good. whole point is Andrew... Is he wants his dad to be sixpence none the richer? He wants to take his dad's money to buy a car that his dad will love, but eventually will be Andrew's. That's paradigm right there. That's you understand how that this, right? That's how it unfolds. Yeah. They've tried a 2012 Golf GTI six-speed that his dad liked for a fair amount, but he's much more interested in the regular Golf. I thought that was interesting. 
Drove a Mazda Speed 3 Turbo Weasel 2.3 liter, mm-hmm. six-speed. Didn't like the twitchy feeling. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. that's torque steer for you. That's exactly how that the car <clears> is, yeah. That's the opposite of sloth steering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the animal for the opposite of sloth? Is it a cheetah? Uh, maybe, but but that'd be like a cheetah on too much caffeine because it just mm-hmm. darts. It just keep, keeps thinking it sees a squirrel. He says, uh, what can we get him? I have a Corvette, and then I have a super <laughs> duper, extra duper sniper shot. Okay. It is a C4 Corvette because they're cheap. They are yeah. nine grand. Any C4 Corvette, right. automatic manual. Andrew, I've always learned when I was skiing, growing okay. up skiing, yeah. everybody told me that you want to ski with people who are better than you. Yes. So you can ask them questions. You can ski at their speed. You can understand how, mm-hmm. you know, their technique and how they're so fast and how they're so good and yeah, yeah, how yeah. they navigate every bit of terrain. So you want to ski with people better than you. You want to have a car that you can grow into. It's sort of like, don't buy the jacket like it fits now. Buy the, you know, for your 10-year-old son. You want to buy the little bit larger yes. size that he'll grow into. Yes. You want to buy the little bit more power that you're going to grow into because yep. your driving will get better. Nothing is worse than buying a piece of clothing for my son that fits perfectly the moment that you buy it. Right. Because five minutes from now, why doesn't that fit anymore? That's why, yeah. Wouldn't do you agree that yeah, you I, I see. I see the logic, yeah. Yeah, Here's yeah. the, you know, I'm not saying buy it. Here's the super bike. We could have bought you no, 600, no, no. but here's the super bike. You know, have fun. It's super fast. And, <laughs> good luck. You know. See you later. It's not what I'm saying. But Corvettes have a good amount of power, but, you know, they're not like turbocharged, crazy, launch you off the line kind of thing. They're fast, but I think you can handle it. The super sniper shot, the extra Great. duper sniper shot is a 2000 BMW Z3 2.8 coupe, the shoe. Oh, there is one currently at Porsche of Bellevue, Washington. Don't ask me why I'm looking at Porsche of Bellevue, Washington's website. With 83,795 miles and a manual transmission for $9,998. And the dog fits in the back. Yep. You have totally sniper shotted. Rear wheel drive. That is really sports good. Sports car. Fun to drive. Yes. Manual. The dog's in the back. It won't cost you an arm and a leg. It, it'll need some maintenance, mm-hmm. but I don't believe it'll... It'll just be you know broken all the time. I don't. But believe- it's not the M car, so it has all those good dynamics, and it's very interesting. But it's not some hot rod, and it's not going to be overwhelming. His dad will be yeah. fine giving this to him. It's unique, absolutely. It is so unique in the category of the first generation Mazda RX-7. Unique. I think you won. I have ideas I'm going to go through, but they almost feel like also rams after that. That's really good, Andrew. You got to get this car. The point is, if you don't get that one, they're out there yeah. for just over nine grand. And I, anything under ten, I look at you. Could, that's your negotiating price. <laughs> is, you're you're yeah. whittling them down this to is nine Paul. grand. But, by the okay. way, Andrew's dad. This is Paul. So this is what he does. So that's <laughs> that. You kind of had to expect that. I, you did well though, Paul. I'm very Thank impressed. You. I don't have much to follow that, but I will say this, Andrew. I could have told you with this description that your dad would not like the Mazda Speed Three. I could have told you right oh, away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what it does. It just, it pulls, it fights, it's it's always telling you something through the steering, and it wants to dart off into the hedge if you put your foot to the floor. It mm. wants to do that. That's not what you want. So that's out. But I started to think about the fact that you want to put a dog in the back, not in the seats, which made me go to the obvious place from my experience, which is Mini Cooper. Oh, I like that. You could drop the seats down, but I think if you're only going to use like it as that. a hauler, get an early... Uh, I got a supercharged one for nothing, and they're even cheaper now. Okay, you do have a but thing with five thousand dollars cars. I do. It's Thomas all and bad. James at mm-hmm. Throttle House did the five thousand dollars car. You've had two that are on their list. Yes, if they had included a 
first generation Mini Cooper, you would have had three. I would have had three of nine. I've had two of nine because they also had the, the Saab 92X, which are crazy cheap now, too. You could go there, but <laughs> I, I don't know that that's – I don't know that that's right. But the Mini Cooper, you could take the back seats out, which is what was done to the one that I had. And it had the back seat removal kit, which makes the whole back flat. It turns into this little bread van. It's perfect. My dog loved it for that reason. That's cool. And, and, and any dog of any size would be back there and be fine. And you can get it auto or manual, better in manual. They're genuinely fun. Or he could actually try to find Spot the Mini. Who has Spot the Mini right now? Uh, try and go buy it again. <laughs> so it's got like 300 million miles it on does. it at this point. But, but that's the thing. Take a, get a Mini Cooper. Get a back seat removal kit. And then it's perfect. And then, Andrew, when you start driving that, it's still going to be fun. So I, I, I like the Mini Cooper a lot. There's nothing wrong with the Golf. You said your dad drove a GTI and almost prefers a normal Golf. There's nothing wrong with the Golf in any form. But the base Golf is not really interesting in the long term. I think it's one of those cars that you would buy, and the longer you own it, the more it would be fine. Hmm. The GTI has got a little bit of personality, but the base golf, you just, every time I drive a base golf, I'm just impressed with how well it does everything. Sure. But it's, it's an absolute B student. It's just, it's doing fine. There's Mm -hmm. no, there's no personality. There's nothing hidden in it. It's just utilitarian hatchback that works. I don't think, Andrew and your dad, I don't think in the long term you're going to be glad to have bought that way. Hmm. So that's my, stay away from that. Even though it's fine. The Fiat 500 Abarth goes here for me. Does, yeah, I can see that. Drop the back seats, put the dog in the hatch. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It it feels, when you drive that car, it feels like much more car than it actually is. Yeah, it's I'll give not you that. that crazy. I'll give you that. It feels kind of crazy because of the sound, because of the look. You just think, this is a this is a rocket ship. This is a, not really. It's mm. it's You can fully handle that. Andrew, you'd be fine in it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wonder if the exhaust and all is a little too much for your dad, but I, that's not a car that I, has the Mazda Speed 3 problem of crazy steering. No. It's not as utilitarian and Spartan and focused as the Fiesta ST. Okay? Mm. And I actually think that it is a surprisingly fun car that isn't going to beat on you. And then I have one more in that category. I don't normally recommend this car. Focus ST. Oh, really? Not Fiesta, the Focus. It is the middle ground in cars between a Golf and the Mazda Speed 3. Focus ST is almost the middle point between those two cars. Sure, sure. So that's why I'm thinking you could buy it. You don't have to be precious about it. They're cheap. They're out there. You can run them for a long time. They do have plenty of fun. Andrew, I'm thinking of you, buddy. When this car becomes yours, there's a huge aftermarket area for the Focus ST. Oh, that's true. You could make it crazy down the line if you wanted. But right now, they're genuinely fun. They don't have the torque steer problem of the Mazda Speed 3. They aren't as small and focused as the Fiesta ST. I think the Focus ST could get it done. Those are my recommendations. I still like the Bread Van Mini. They're fu- it was fun. That is cool. It was fun, for sure. We like anything that helps our car disease. Well, frankly, anything that makes it worse, which is why we're big fans of Haggerty Drivers Club. For just $45 a year, that's less than $4 a month, you'll get six issues of the fantastic Haggerty Magazine, roadside service with guaranteed flatbed towing, invitations to members-only events, valuable automotive discounts on things like tires and vehicle transport and racing school, and a whole lot more. It's the ultimate membership experience for people who love cars. Check out Haggerty Drivers Club for yourself and join the club at haggerty.com slash everydaydriver. Ted Adam Green is asking the question that ruins families and ends friendships. (laughs) And he's asking us. That's frightening. Okay. Wow. 
Ten and two or nine and three? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, you're asking for a friend, right, Ted? (laughs) I'm going to go with nine and three. Agreed. Because of paddles, because of the way manufacturers set up the steering wheel, the way they ergonomically sculpt steering wheels, and because of the position of the paddles on a horizontal line through the middle of the steering wheel. Yes. Hopefully that doesn't end any friendships. Well, but look at look at most people that drive for a living. And I don't mean F1 because obviously it only has a 9 and 3 steering wheel. It doesn't have a steering wheel at all. But look at anybody that drives anything else. They're all 9 and 3. Nobody's up as high as 10 and 2. No, and at, at 10 and 2 or higher, you're blocking your instrument panel. You're blocking the information about your car, your speed, your tack, whatever that is. Yeah. Your hands are blocking the info. And you want to just flick your eyes down unless you have a heads-up display. Pat asked a fascinating question on Facebook. You see this one? He was watching a YouTube live segment about the behind the scenes of the Grand Tour. Oh, I'm glad you're tackling this. It had Jeremy Clarkson and Andy Willman. Andy Willman is the longtime, like since grade school, best friend of Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, I didn't know that. And the two of them, maybe junior high, but like since they were kids. They go back that far. Yes. And they were the two that rebooted Top Gear in the early 2000s to become the phenomenon we all know. They are the driving creative force still of the Grand Tour. All right? The thing you don't see, unless you really pay attention behind the scenes stuff, is generally when you see those three guys on the Grand Tour, there's 50-plus people behind the camera. Easy. Standing there at one time. Easy. Which every time I see that, I just have to kind of sit down for a minute because I can't believe the amount of money and infrastructure it is anytime they move a muscle. But it was a live stream about how they get the show done. And in it, they made the comment where they said your typical ratio, and, and this is this is their thinking, is the typical ratio for your typical one-hour TV show is about 12 hours of content was shot to make a one-hour episode. That's mm-hmm. their ratio that they're they're working on. And that's that's a fairly decent ratio. That's a fairly good guess. They're saying for a Grand Tour episode, they think it's about 1,000 hours of shooting for every hour. He's asking two things. How is that possible? He says it's a beautiful and stunning show. And then he says that he thinks ours is second place, which I don't know where that's good. But I really think that's amazing, amazing, <laughs> flattering comment, Pat. Yes, thank thank you. you. But he says here they make this most stunning show. What is our ratio for shooting? And what do we think of their ratio? Sorry, long question, but here's a couple of thoughts on it. It depends entirely on how we're shooting. I'm not surprised at that ratio that they list. I think it's high. I think it's hyperbole and they're exaggerating, but I bet you there are hundreds of hours for every one hour because they're typically shooting multiple cameras, and I'm saying multiple cameras on the shoulder of a camera operator. They've got two or three cameras running with shoulder camera operators and their own sound guy and their own producer. Look at the behind the scenes anytime they're shooting. Then they have cameras mounted in the car. Mm. Typically more than one. Mm-hmm. So all of those are shooting while everything else is shooting. And now they're shooting a documentary. I'll give you an example. When Paul and I shoot our lemons races, we'll have somewhere in the neighborhood, well, probably six to ten times as much for a lemons race yeah. as we do for a normal comparison episode. Because you have all those, it, it's exponential. All those cameras are all running simultaneously, which means they all got footage at the same time for hours and hours and hours. And you're going to pick ten seconds yeah. of camera six. Yeah. And that's all that's going to wind up in the show. And that's the way Grand Tour are shooting. They're shooting mountains of footage so that they have multiple angles of everything and they can just pick where they go. Our typical ratio for a normal 22-minute TV ratio, a TV show is we're very efficient. We're extremely efficient. We're probably shooting about 6 to 10 to 1. 
Mm. Okay. Okay. So think of it this way, six to 10 minutes for every one minute we're using, if you want to think of it that way. Okay. 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 Uh, Your typical show is shooting probably twice that. This is for our comparison episodes, which are very, we are very defined on what we're shooting, when we're shooting it, how much we need for a, for the pilgrimage film, for mid into the mountains, for these true documentaries. Okay. Like we had more footage for both of those films we did for any of our icon 50 years of 9-11 or or Corvettes. Those were probably shot about 10 to one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I do bet you that there was more than twice the footage for any time we've shot Lemons. I know there was. Any time yeah. we shoot a straight-up yeah. documentary. Because the doc- whole point of a documentary is you just go out and you shoot. And this is any documentary. You shoot everything. Yeah. You just yeah. capture stuff because you're finding it in the edit room. And you want thousands and thousands and thousands of hours so you can go, oh, wait, wait, we can tell the story this way. Those guys, think about their Mongolia trip. I know I'm ranting for a while. Think about their Mongolia trip where they got dropped in the middle of Mongolia and had to build a truck to get out. Right, right. That was nuts. Yeah. I can't imagine how much footage they had more than they used, but the stuff that they just had to document everything mm-hmm. and then find the stuff that worked in post. All right. Yeah. Plus with the lemons, think about a 30 minute to one hour stint in a race car. Mm-hmm. We're busy driving and yes, we're commentating, but there's laps go by where we're just concentrating on driving. Totally. But the GoPro is running the entire time. That's an hour's worth of footage just running to go back and then dive in and find the, the gold. For two, sometimes three cameras simultaneously right. in that Front, car. rear, one-pointed, you know. Plus, Chance is shooting drive-bys as the car goes by, yeah. and that's just one stint. Yeah, right. Lots to think about. Brandomness has asked what I think is the best and hardest and worst track daily crush I've oh. ever seen. Oh, okay. All right, great. I can't get over this. Okay. All right. Go. Singer 964. Yeah. Okay. Roof CTR anniversary. Okay. Or a Gunter Works 993. The carbon fiber, beautiful, recreated. I can answer that. It's killing you, but I can answer This is it. killing me. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with, ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Not knowing the specs, the exact specs on every car, I cannot believe I'm going to say this. Okay. I can't believe it. I'm going to crush the singer. You're, I, wow. Okay. Because it's the most common of all of these. Whoa. Everybody knows the uh, singer 911. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the right. roof has been near and dear to my heart. I've wanted roof. I want the new roofs. I like that they are a manufacturer of cars. They take the body in white from Porsche and it is no longer a Porsche after that. It is a roof. Yeah. And I'd track the Gunter works. I, I see your struggle. I'm going to disagree with you on this. God, this is, gra- this is it's, hard. It's, it's very hard. But here's the thing. Actually, I, I, I'm not finding it nearly as hard as you are because here's the thing. The roof would be an unbelievable handful. That's what's a common thread of all their cars. They're just a handful. Yes, bring so that. I would daily the singer and be so crazy happy and figure out, this is insane, how do you clean quilted leather in your engine bay? Because it's going to get dirty. Anyway, but I would daily... At this point, you're not doing the cleaning, you're right. my you're friend. Right. When you own the singer, you're not worrying about it. <laughs> you're, you're not you have, cleaning anymore. You have, in air quotes, a guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So I would daily the singer, be very happy, and I would crush the roof. Oh. And I would absolutely track that Gunter works with a ridiculously wicked smile on my face. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> this is why those questions come. It's not because they're easy. It's because they because they exist. Yeah. I agree with it. Ikiyata says... Either one of us have a favorite livery. Oh. 
He says he's not a smoker, but the Marlboro livery is just iconic. It's always been attractive to him. Do we have any that we like? I'll match you on that, Ikiyata. Hands down, my favorite ever was the black with gold accents. John all Player years, Special, which is yes. why, Which is why we have the non-player special livery on our Lemons card. Because yeah. when we first started talking livery, we talked about a lot of things, and we all went, you know what we should do? We should do non-player special because <laughs> none of us are players. We're going to just try to get through through this thing. I love that livery. Yeah. And, and here's yeah. the thing. I was much older when I even knew it was a cigarette company. Hmm. I had no idea. I sure. thought it was a cool livery. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm partial to Martini Racing. I knew you'd go there, yeah. I'm, the golf colors, not as much for me. Mm. I think the golf orange and, mm-hmm. and blue has been kind of overdone personally. I, I see it in too many cars. And you it's see the it golf a lot. Orange, well, you see it a lot. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, I think Martini for me. Okay. Lance J. Roberts on Instagram has asked a car care question, but it's actually a end friendships kind of question, end marriages kind of question. You're going for the hard questions today. Go for it. He has a cheap cover that fits his wife's 2019 e-golf with a pearl black paint color. Okay. It's getting sunny again in Northern California, and he keeps trying to get her to let him put the cover on. All right. Okay, sure. But it's also crazy windy here almost every day, and she's convinced that because her car is not very clean and covered in baked on dust, the cover will create scratches in the paint job as the wind shifts it around. Okay. So she gets mad every time he puts it on. <laughs> he thinks she's crazy, and the cover will help more to protect the paint from the hot sun than it will be hurt by the micro dust scratches. Is he crazy or is she crazy? Best of luck there. There's a product. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Go on. Called the California Car Duster. Yes, that's true. When I lived in California, I owned one, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I know California gets very dusty, and I did actually go through the procedure at night to dust my car and shake out the duster and then put on the car cover for this exact reason. I've seen this happen. It was a procedure, and it was very impressive. And and to your credit, even though I, at the time, thought you were insane— That car looked amazing the entire time you owned it. Well, thank you. You have to make sure you go in one direction and one direction only. (laughs) You cannot go back and forth. It's not a swirl. It's not a (laughs) mixing of – you're not stirring soup. Go front to back or back to front. Pick a direction, and then you have to shake it out each time you do a path because you can't put the the newly collected dust back on the car and then scrape that – old dust over the new dust you're trying to collect again. You can't do that. It's insanity, but I'm telling you it worked for Paul. I'm telling you it did. This is the compromise. Okay. The hot sun is a problem. It fades paint yeah. over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, she's right. If you have something... You remember those bras, those car bras from the 80s? Yeah, 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 for sure. And it was on a car for a while, and then you take it off, and that the motion of it mm-hmm. is like fine grit sandpaper. It's, it's not scratches, it's just, well, I mean, it is micro scratches, but it, yeah. it looks like it's a totally different color underneath the bra. Mm-hmm. So that's just from constant motion. If it's really windy, yeah, it is going to create that motion, and you ideally don't want that. So a California car duster, my friend. I'll give you a straight-up example of that. When we shot American Original, our Corvette film, mm. we had two Corvettes of many of the generations because it changed so much over its lifespan. We had a 1980 or 81, I'm forgetting now, 1980, I think it was, C3. Oh, the white one, yeah. The white one that had the car bra on it, which was perfect for its time. Yeah. And so we had a conversation when, when the owner got there. We had the conversation about it. I said, you know what? Because of the era, I don't mind the car bra, but how's the paint under the car bra? And he said, I've never looked. And we looked, and we promptly said the only option is to leave the car bra on because oh, the paint gosh. underneath was destroyed, and it would have looked like there was something wrong with the front end. That's exactly what you're talking about. See, hopefully, I've offered a compromise. Everybody can be happy. Yep. 
Dustly let it be He's standing sound. out there with the California car duster going, just a minute, honey, I'm going to solve this. I'm telling you. That's very funny. It's very funny. Mountain bike question. You see this? Yeah, I did. We're back Pretty to awesome. that season. We're biking again. Nick Fry says, mountain bike question. Cheap, full suspension bike or mid-level hardtail for intermediate rider? It's going to depend on your trails. I was just going to say that. Yep. If your trails aren't really rocky or really rooted, get a hardtail. Save yourself money. You will end up with a better bike components-wise if you spend the same money on a hardtail bike, meaning no rear suspension, than if you get one with full suspension. Mm-hmm. If you have big drops, lots of rocks, big-time routes you are navigating through, and the bike is in constant motion, you may want that rear suspension. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to also take into consideration a lot of up or a lot of down. Is it maybe a mix? Mm-hmm. You can get away with a hardtail, but if you're doing a lot of climbing— you're going to want that hardtail on yeah. on the kind yeah, of trails that Todd's talking about because it's a hardtail. It transmits your pedaling power better to the rear wheel. True. And this is why the full suspension bikes have a suspension lock-off. Ideally. So it locks the shock when you're climbing and mm. transmits your power better. And then you can you know make it full suspension and nice and spongy for your way down. <laughs> if you're doing a lot of... You know, take the ski lift up and I'm coming down trails, you're going to want full suspension. Sure. Hands down. But if you are doing climbing and a mixture of, you know, maybe some flat, maybe some up and not too much down, I, th- yeah. I say hardtail. I've been doing some rides with my son, which has been very cool. Been doing lots of rides, taking his crazy dog and finally wearing it out. It's been good stuff. We've been mostly doing trails that are not rocky. He has a hardtail. He's been doing great. And I've been sitting here going, I could be on a hardtail. be fine. There are rides I do by myself that are rocky and rooted and tough. And I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to have full suspension on those. Mm. It's a question from Combat Conductor. When it comes to customizing your car post-purchase, how far is too far? <laughs> if you're starting to question yourself, you've gone too far. Yes. If you're you know, outlining your door cuts with chrome or you're buying fake porthole vents in triplicate <laughs> or magnetizing your car and driving it through Pep Boys, you've gone too far. He's saying, is Napa leather and contrast stitching added aftermarket too much? Uh, that's about as far as I'd go. And yes, we draw the line at colored vents. I am a poster child <laughs> for, for those colored, colored vents. vents. That's amazing. I love it. Many great questions on here. I'm going to see what else I can find. You know what? Here's a, a very fast, super fast car debate from Donald Miller on Twitter. Okay. Weekend fun car for Southern California. 2000, sorry, 2020 Miata RF. Brand new Miata RF. Yes. Or 2014 Cayman S. Oh, darn it. Now, here's my answer, Donald. You're clearly spending around 35, 40 grand is what yeah. you're planning to spend. So both of those cars will be crazy fun in Southern California on any of those amazing roads. My question for you is preciousness wise, which one are you more, and I can't answer, I have no idea, Donald, which one are you more prone to drive regularly and not be concerned about the fact of just life happening to it? Is the fact that the Miata is brand new, will it bother you more if it gets dinged? Or is the fact that you have a Porsche going to bother you more when it gets dinged? And I'm not saying problems, but you go Mm. take it out to canyons. Stuff's going to kick up. There's a new nick in the paint. This car is filthy again. And if you have a preciousness problem, you stop going. Yeah. So the question for you is, which one are you more likely to just go, I'm just driving. I just love this thing. I'm going for a drive. Don't let the car hold you back from going. <laughs> Came in if you promise to drive it. Absolutely. All right. Markarian501 asked, best sports cars you can get with a roof rack. Could a custom rack be worth it? Yes, it could because I don't know what you're carrying. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the car is. Mm-hmm. And most sports cars, depending on the car, they might have mounts and they might not. Mm-hmm. The Caymans indeed do and the 911s indeed do. They're underneath a little flap. But the Cayman GTS does not. So I would need to have something custom or just the generic ones that hook onto your rain drip rail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of, you know, 
just hang on that way. Plus, with all the accessories, you're just going to have to figure out, all right, depending on what I'm carrying, yes, and where you want it. I mean, we've actually looked at Sea Sucker for a long yeah, time. Yeah, their stuff is really cool. And you can put them anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can put it sticking out of the side of your door if you yep, want you to. Could. Anyway, food for thought. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed. And definitely write to us. Drop us a line. What's on your mind? And uh, your, your car debates for sure. And Bring next it. week, podcast 500 is happening. Tomorrow is a new episode on YouTube from our old TV catalog. But I'm excited about next week. Podcast 500 coming at you. Live stream next Friday afternoon. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers, everyone.